Two friends were walking through the woods. When they thought they heard something, they turned around and saw a big giant bear coming towards them. Both of the men started running when one of them stopped to change into running shoes. The second man said, you don't have time to change your shoes. You can't outrun the bear. And the first man said, I know I can't outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Tonight, I wanna talk to you about friends. (laughs) True friendship is like good health. The value of it is seldom known until it's lost. A friend is one who believes in you when you struggle to believe in yourself. Your friend is a person who knows all about you and still likes you. Friends are God's way of caring for us. My best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. I don't believe that. I believe the best friends also bring the worst out of you. There's something about friendship that we know is important, but sometimes we don't know how to articulate it or really even understand it. But everyone in this room at some level would say, you know what, I do acknowledge that friendship is important. And it's okay to remind ourselves again, why are we here? Where are we going? Why is this important? And why does friendship fit into all of this? So the first thing is there's three giants that we are gonna have a go at when it comes to building a church. Joyce and I moved from London, Hillsong, London to come to Berlin, I think 14 years ago. And Isaac was nine, Leela was seven. Now my son's 23 and my daughter's 21. So we can be, I feel feel like we've been here forever. Well, only 14 years, but the thing is we came to build a church. And, and in some ways, we're missionaries. We're missionaries. And I like to say it that way because how do you explain your job to people? How do you explain what you're doing and why you're doing it? And all I know is that we are on mission. We have a mission. Heaven has sent us. Heaven has called us. And we're not gonna pull back from that. But how about you? How about you? You're on a mission. You've been called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You've been separated unto God and all of His purposes. Um, And so there's something we've got to consider. So these three giants, I just want to give you them quickly. Spiritual poverty, giant number one. Spiritual poverty is the biggest problem on the earth. What is spiritual poverty? It's just simply this. Creation is disconnected from their Creator. We have a Creator and it's not distant, abstract, an idea, psychological chemicals. No, no, God is our Creator. We are created in His image. You and I represent Him, or supposedly we're supposed to represent Him on earth. So spiritual poverty, all problems on earth stem from that problem alone. Because we're disconnected from the Father, what do we do? We basically get ourselves into more and more problems. Instead of going to Creator, we go to creation. And I understand some of God has been placed in all of creation. There is healing in plants. I don't know if hugging a tree is gonna really do it for you, but you can hug God. You know, 
I do see people in the park hugging trees. And I laugh a little bit to myself because two minutes earlier, my dog just peed on that tree. And I'm like, no, don't. But they're holding it. And I'm not trying to be funny because I actually don't want to be disrespectful. I'm not really trying to highlight and say, oh, let's make fun of certain things. No, no, I just know we are very good getting ourselves lost. We're very good at getting ourselves in a mess. We don't know who we are. And so we try to find out who we are stumbling in the darkness. Jesus said, I have come to be a bright light. He wants to open our eyes. He wants to allow us to walk in the light. Enlightenment starts the moment you say to Jesus, you're not looking for enlightenment, you receive enlightenment when you say yes to Jesus. So what I need you to understand, spiritual poverty, I am disconnected from my heavenly Father and therefore I do not know who I am. And so that is the biggest problem on the planet and that's where all problems stem from. Okay, that's a big statement, but we haven't got time to explain all of that, but we can over the months and the years to come, okay? So we, when we invite salvation to whosoever believes every Sunday, and you can, don't wait to Sunday to get saved, you can come to know the Lord any time of the week. And I strongly believe that He wants to use all of us, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. You can lead your friend to the Lord in your kitchen, in the bathroom, at college, at university, on the U-Bahn, S-Bahn, even the Ring-Bahn, I'm not sure how God does it, but He does, amen. But what I'm trying to say to you is God's not limited by geography. He's not limited and He can do anything. But on Sundays, we usually see salvation here because it's a strength. We're gathering together and some people bring friends and somehow people find themselves in God's house and we always extend salvation. And we love that every Sunday, by the grace of God, we see people coming to know Jesus and we should never grow weary in doing this, amen. But we are dealing with this giant called spiritual poverty. We're taking from the enemy's kingdom and putting God's lost sons and daughters back into His family and His kingdom, amen. That is something worthwhile committing your life to. Uh, The second giant we're gonna have a go at is physical poverty. It's not right that people are dying of starvation. It's not right that people suffer because of poor politics, poor government, poor legislation. Uh, We're living in a world where inequality abounds every corner you turn. And um, we've got to realize that that, that these things actually come out of, not out of God, but they come out of man. They come out of humanity disconnected from God. I mean, how much do you really need? And so many people have buried their wealth that they've created into the earth. They've put it in vaults. They've put it into safety. They've put it into tax-free havens. They've put it into parts of the world that they don't want you to get to. And so we've got to understand there's plenty of wealth in the world, but why is there so much inequality? Why is there so much starvation? Why do we stockpile things to control the prices when we know people are starving over here? So there is so much wisdom, so much richness in the soil of the earth God has given us all the ability to continue to feed ourselves, to sustain ourselves. You talk about sustainability, get a hold of God's sustainability plan. It will blow your mind. You see a glimpse of it through Joseph. Joseph was a man God used to sustain not just the land of Egypt, but nations that surrounded Egypt. 
And so there's so much more we can say, but physical poverty, would you like to have a go at it? Can we rescue children out of poverty? Can we provide water wells for those who are trapped with dirty water? Absolutely. In a few months, we're gonna be running here in Berlin a 5K race. We're gonna have a three-legged race and we're gonna have line skating, all to raise money for another water well this year. Who's up for it? Who's up for the three-legged race? I choose you, choose you, me and you, when you, Holland, three of us, amen? If I fall over because of you, my wife will sort you out. Now you'll probably fall over because of me, but we're gonna be running, we're gonna be doing, we're gonna, something to raise money again. So again, continuing, we just got a new, beautiful sponsor child yesterday. Her name is, not Joy, Loy, Loy. Remove the J, put L, Loy. She's beautiful from Uganda and we're so honoured that we can be a part of uh, these children's lives and be a part of sponsoring them. So I could go on and on and on again and I'll talk more detail in the weeks to come, okay? But spiritual poverty, we're gonna have a go at through salvation. Physical poverty, we are responsible to bring the joy of salvation into the brokenest places of the earth, amen? So again, forgive me for the sake of time, but it's not one or the other. Don't be just getting involved in the physical poverty of the world and lose your own soul. And the third giant we're gonna have a go at as a church is loneliness. Loneliness doesn't care about your bank account, doesn't care about where you live, doesn't care about how old you are. Loneliness will come for anyone. Loneliness is the absence of purpose. I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. I actually don't know what my God-given purpose is. And we can go a long time and spend a lot of activity doing things with life and just not know that we have a purpose. So loneliness is, again, you can't take a pill for loneliness. You can take a pill for depression, but you can't take medicine for loneliness because it's a deep spiritual, it's, it's a vacuum. Every one of us are created in the image of God. That means that we have something inside of us that only God, under the sun, only God can satisfy. We'll try anything, but only God can satisfy it. And so you've got to understand that. So as a church, we are confronting three giants every time. And so building a church is not just religious entertainment. We are not entertaining the saints. Jesus, that is not what we are here to do. We're not here to help you sing your favourite songs or get in a new playlist. We're doing something more significant than that. And so I really hope you understand that. So with them giants, we have got seven goals that obviously I want to present to you for the next few weeks. Seven weeks, seven goals. And tonight and today I've spoke, focused on one of them. And the first one is to help people be relationally connected. Are you relationally connected in the house of God? Do you have healthy friendships? Are you helping people to get connected relationally? If someone comes to your community group, do you help facilitate relational connection? And it's so important that we understand this because people can come and go and nothing happens. Activity doesn't mean progress. And I need you to understand these things. So I'm talking this way because I believe the next seven weeks, God is gonna absolutely strengthen our foundations and clarify our direction so that we are clear on the common purpose that we share. 
My prayer is that you are here for the right reasons. And maybe you're not sure about that right now, but let me present to you one of our goals. And it's important that all of us share these goals. And I know I'm giving it to you. You're like, well, I want to make my own goals up. That's the problem. I'm not telling you that this has to be your goal. I'm suggesting to you that if we're going to the future as a church collectively, a collective community, not a bunch of individuals doing our own thing, but a God-honoring God community, new community that God is raising up on the earth, we need to share some common goals, common values. You'll never have good friends if you don't have good values. Your friendship has to be built with shared values. And these are things that we kind of know, but we forget sometimes. So the first goal I want to really just bring to the church today is to help people connect relationally, building godly friendships and healthy relationships, helping you find purpose and meaning. Do you have the kind of friends that you need for your future? Do you have the kind of friends that you need for your now? Do you have the kind of friends that you need for tomorrow? <laughs> I got inspired by someone. And I really wanna move on from this morning, especially if some of you have already heard this, but the essence of friendship or the Hebrew word for friendship means secrets revealed. It's profound that really in friendship, and, and let me read it to you what I've said, the essence of the Hebrew word for friendship means secrets revealed. The essence or the emphasis is on closeness and intimacy. It's a relational connection. Jesus defines friendship as letting you in. So I'm gonna read to you John chapter 15. This is a key verse. Jesus said, this is my command, love one another the way I have loved you. The best, very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you follow what I say. I am no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking or planning. No, I have named you friends because I have let you in on everything I've heard from my heavenly Father. So Jesus defines friendship as letting you in. He lets you in. He lets you into everything that the Father has revealed to Jesus. How awesome is that? The challenge for you and I is, is if we've had friendship experiences that are not good, that's the challenge we face today is, I'm not too sure if I'm gonna let anybody in. So the question I'm asking tonight really, I've done all day is this, how do we go from being a friendly church to a church of friends? Okay, let's just stay friendly. You're friendly, I'm friendly, we're friendly, 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 friendly. But the problem is, is we're not going anywhere just with friendliness. You can be friendly and go nowhere. You can be friendly and help no one. Move from friends, friendly to friends. Because what is the definition of friendship? Secrets are revealed. There's things you'll never know being friendly that you will only know by being a friend. That's what Jesus says. So I'm gonna let you into everything I know that the Father has told me, I want you to come into that. So you're going from closeness to openness. You're going from not knowing to knowing. You're gonna move from darkness to light. You're going somewhere, but it's called friendship. Friendship. You can't get to the future on your own. God puts friends into your life to help you become who you're called to be. No one gets there on their own. So how much do you value friendship? 
Obviously, to have friends is such a blessing. But think about how do you really get friends? I honestly believe it's because you've got to be a friend. You've got to learn to be a friend. And so that's what I want to put an emphasis on tonight. Let me give you some verses from the Bible because there's so many biblical verses on friendship. Psalm 25, verse 14. Friendship with God is reserved for those who who reverence Him. With them alone, He shares the secrets of His promises. So there's something about intimacy in friendship that you're gonna learn things in intimacy and friendship that you're not gonna learn by being surface friends, distant friends, casual friends. There's nothing cheap about friendship. It's actually a beautiful thing that we need to understand and renew our mind about. Here's another one for you, Proverbs 18, 24. There are friends who pretend to be friends, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think all of us to some degree have learned that it's easy to say, let's be friends. But what's the reality of that? Here's another one for you, Proverbs 27, verse 19. A mirror reflects a person's face, but what they are really like is shown by the kind of friends they choose. So why does friendship matter? I honestly believe friendship matters because we're made in the image of God. We're created for friendship. Friendship has always existed. And I've said briefly this morning, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Within that community, there is friendship. So God doesn't need us, He wants us. And it profoundly just messes me up every time I think about it. Genesis 2 verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for man to live alone. The essence there is friendship, community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, you are better off to have a friend than to be alone because you will get more enjoyment out of what you earn. If you fall, your friend can help you up. But if you fall without having a friend nearby, you are really in trouble. As the saying goes, a rope made from three strands of cord is hard to break. See, friendship is never friendship until it's tested. How do you know your friendship's good? How do you know it's healthy? How do you know it's godly? And all friendships will be tested. The cool thing about friendships is that when it's tested, it passes the test and you get on the other side of whatever it is and you go, oh my goodness, our friendship just got better. So can your friendship be tested? Ultimately, the friendship we're talking about here is the friendship with the Lord. I spent a lot of time and energy this morning on talking about He is the greatest friend you will ever need. He is the greatest friend you will ever receive. It's friendship with the Lord that gives you the substance, the source to draw from, from all other human relationships. See, the challenge is we know friendship's important or kind of. And so we try to draw from each other that which we're supposed to get from God. So bring Him into the equation, friend with the Lord. He has let you into all the Father has revealed. So you're now a friend with the Lord. And that friendship gives you the strength and the source to draw from when it comes to human relationships. You see, we all know what it's like to be with someone who takes and not gives. We give way more than I get back. 
And if you keep doing that on a human level, yeah, you're gonna get into trouble. You're gonna have the scars, the bruises, the pain and the tears to tell that story. And God doesn't want you to go that journey. He wants you to first receive Him as your friend. See, He's the friend that knows everything about us and still believes in us. Isn't that awesome? And so that's the important thing about knowing this. So what are the things that we can use when it comes to building friends into our life. So I wanna give you just a few of them, is that okay? And there's so many verses connected to it. But if you're gonna build, what's the characteristics of building godly friendships? That's a great question. What are the characteristics of building healthy friendships? I think humility will always build respect. So if you wanna have godly friends in your life, you've gotta understand where does humility play out in friendship? Are you, a good friend to people? How do you know you're a good friend to someone? Well, let's ask the question, where is humility in this relationship? See, if you don't have humility in this equation, what do you think your friendship's gonna look like? Friendships can be sometimes, we think it's a friendship, but if there's no humility and there's just pride, I don't know who I am, we can misuse friendships. Anyone know what it's like to misuse friendships? You don't have to put your hand up. But humility always builds respect. In other words, let me say it this way. Knowing who you are is crucial to being a good friend. I want friends. I need friends. Oh, I wish I had friends. Cool. Do you know who you are? See, knowing who you are is crucial if you're going to be a good friend. See, a good friend who knows who they are, they're not gonna have to borrow from you to find out who they are. They know who they are, which means they've got much more to give you in friendship. Who wants to be that kind of friend? Remember though, Jesus is that friend to us first. Because He knows who He is, He's able to fulfill friendship towards us. Amen? And when we don't get it right, He always gets it right. Can anyone say amen? And so we'll never forget one of the building blocks for healthy relationships is humility. It's identity, really. It's, I know who I am. I know who he is, therefore I now know who I am. That's why friendship is so healthy when you have a relationship with Jesus. Another thing for you is respect builds value. So if humility builds respect, respect will build value. Friendships need values. You're never gonna have good friends if you haven't got good values. That's how we wreck our friendships. That's how we wreck our lives. Uh, let me go back to this verse actually for humility. James chapter four, verse six, if you can put it on the screen, it says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Choose humility over pride. Why? Because God turns up. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Choose humility over pride. Amen? Is it that easy? Yeah. But you gotta first acknowledge it and then go for it, amen? And I really do hope this helps. The verse for John 15, it says, this is my command, love one another, have I loved you. This is the very best way, put your life on the line for your friends. Are you willing to lay down your life for your friends? Not really. That's kind of strange. I want friends, but not that much. No, but what is Jesus doing? He's giving you a benchmark and defining and breaking it down what friendship looks like. Jesus laid down His life and He was never supposed to die. 
So he took the hit. See, listen, let me say it this way, all right? And Joyce, it's just an illustration, okay? Okay. If I took the hit for you, for you, someone was going to attack you because they didn't like you. And I stood in the way and they attacked me and killed me. It's only an illustration. (laughs) The thing is, you could say, oh, wow, Mark, what a hero. (laughs) Bless him. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say to you is, is, I know this has gone a little bit wrong already, but, (laughs) but the point I'm making is I'm 54. In another 40 years or so, I'll be heading towards Jesus anyway. In other words, the point is, I'm going to die anyway. So even if I, if I take the hit early, I'm, I'm going to die anyway. It's just I chose the early path. I know it's a terrible illustration. <laughs> but stay with me because Jesus took the hit and he was never meant to die. He laid down his life so that we could find it. Defines that as friendship. So here's another definition of friendship from biblical context. Friends don't withhold, they let go. Have you got the friends in your life that are willing to let go? And that's what we've got to wrestle with because we're not naturally like that. However, when we get friendship with Jesus, He becomes the role model of what friendship can look like. So instead of being a selfish person, we become more like Him, selfless. I want the kind of friends in my life that are not selfish that they're selfless. And I want to be that friend where it's not about me, it's I'm willing to give it up for my friends. And I struggle with this, I'll tell you straight up. I I think this would be so easy for a pastor. Listen, before I was a pastor, I was a human being still. (laughs) And and, and, um, it's like going out to my family and say, hey, where, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Oh, that's so generous of you to ask the family where they want to go to dinner. And then before I finish the sentence, I go, would you like to go to do a Fornies? <laughs> Suggesting what I would like. It's called planting a seed, watering it. And I make it look like, oh, how considerate of the family. All I'm trying to say to you is we need His friendship for our friendships. If you think you're going to build great friendships without His friendship, go for it. Because our friendships on a human level are subject to failure and flaws. If you're good, everything's good. But if you're not good, where's our friendships up to? And that's where a lot of the pain comes from, a lot of the scars and the bruises that we carry because we know we're relational. We want to pull back, but we don't want to stay in isolation for too long. Oh, God, help me to be good with my friends. We pray for our children. God bless them that they will have the amazing friends at school. And so I just need you to understand one of the goals of us as a church that will help us with the mission confronting the giants that God is calling to is, are you relationally connected? What does Jesus say about relational connection? I want to let you in. Moving from friendly church to a church of friends. Why is this so difficult? Because you've got to let go. Let go of what? Fear. Let go of the experiences of the past. 
Let go of the pain that has caused you problems in relationships in the past. So friendly, great, but we're not going anywhere. Moving from friendly to friends. Get Jesus' definition of friendship. Who are you gonna let in? And to be honest, again, I'm saying it for repetition. The only one who gets all the way in is Jesus. Why? Because He's the only one who's qualified to get in all the way. He's the only one who knows everything about us and He's still willing to let us in. Amen? And once He's in, He'll give you the wisdom to navigate friendships, relationships. I've run out of time again, but I want you to understand, you've got to understand that respect will build value. So if you have no value for yourself, how are you going to be a good friend to others? If you have no sense of identity, you don't know who you are, how are you gonna be a good friend to others? Consistency builds trust. Proverbs 17, verse 17, a friend's loyal and love is proven over time. A friend's loyalty and love is proven over time. And a brother is born for adversity. So consistency builds trust. See, again, talk about this thing about friendship, this thing called friendship. Is there any consistency in your life? How are you gonna build great friendships if you're not consistent? You can't build great friends with inconsistency. Oh my goodness, I wish I hadn't have said that. I did. Because we struggle to be consistent sometimes, but you can't build trust without consistency. Are you consistent? And again, when we put the emphasis on us, we're like, oh, he's talking about me again. No, I'm not. I'm talking about me. The good news is it's not about your consistency. It's about his consistency. That's where we get our consistency from. It's not about our humility. It's his humility that gets on us we borrow from His humility. We borrow from His respect. We borrow from His value. We borrow from His consistency. We borrow from His trust. You wanna build healthy friendships? Make the greatest friend you'll ever have for your life. His name is Jesus, Yahweh. He is the greatest friend you will ever experience. He's the friend that you need. And He says, I let you in. No barriers, no prerequisites, no education, no formality. He says, you want in? Come in. Who are you? Come in. I welcome you, you, you. Where are you from? Welcome. What's going on? Welcome. What are you struggling with? Welcome. I'm struggling with this, that and the other. Welcome. You see, you see. No, sorry, sit down, sit down, sit down. If that's the sign to get rid of me, you lost it. Listen, 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 listen. We all want friends. We all need friends. We want to be a friend. Well, let Jesus walk you through the friendship journey. Get it from Him first. Because when you get it from Him, you've got a much better chance to be the friend that your friend needs. Stop drawing from each other and start drawing from the greatest friend you will ever have. He is a friend that will stick closer than a brother. And He is saying tonight, I let you 
in. Why do we struggle to let people in? Because we're scared they're gonna dominate us, scared they're gonna override us, scared they're gonna take over us, scared that they're gonna control us. No, 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 that's the old story. You have a new story. You can follow a new pattern. You become a new friend because you have a new friend in Jesus. Your best friendship days are ahead of you because Jesus is with you. He's gone with you. He's gone before you and He can help you with your friends. So there's so much more in here to do with honesty, to do with empathy, to do with all of these things that build great friendships. But before we go anywhere in our friends, just check, how are you with Jesus? Are you good with Him? Are you intimate with Him? Is He whispering secrets? Is He speaking into the intimacy and the very fabric of who you are? because every word He speaks is life-giving. Every word He speaks is reassuring, like the mother and the father of baby Joy speaking into her very fabric, very being. I'm telling you, it's His words you need. It's His friendship you need. It's His goodness that you need. It's His consistency. Oh, I wanna be consistent. Oh, I wanna be faithful. Oh, I wanna be holy. Oh, I wanna be a good example. Yes, you can, but get it from Jesus. Draw from heaven, draw from the King, draw from your greatest friend. His name is Jesus. Have you got that friendship? Do you want that friendship? Would you refresh that friendship tonight? Would you say yes to His friendship? Because He's welcoming you in, He's welcoming you back. He's saying, with me, you can learn to be a better friend. With me, you can learn to have better friends. With me, you'll know what's healthy and you'll know what's unhealthy. With me, I will give you only good things. I will never give you shadows. I will never give you copies. I will never give you fake. I will never give you anything that will harm you. I will only give you that which will help you. It's the friend you need. He's the friend.